each businesses make the earth more unsustainable because you are adding to the carbon footprint and water footprint this is how uh, coca cola is also but the question is how much can you mitigate coca cola is replenishing more than 1 and 1/2 liters of water for every liter of water that they consume hi everyone welcome to the first edition of bending the lines a circular lens of industries thank you so much for joining us this is shashwat gangwal and i am the founder of infinity box it is my earnest request to all of you to tune in and spread the word because after all the pandemics and the wars end one war which we will always be fighting for is the one for our planet and for our future generation our guest for today is mr amit sah amit is a global level business manager with over 30 years of experience primarily in the fnb sector he was associated with hindustan coca cola beverages as chief sustainability officer for india and southwest asia and spent over 17 years with them prior to coca cola he worked with gillette and aisha for about 10 years amit decided to take sustainability beyond coca cola he jumped into entrepreneurship in 2018 and founded pro india recycling with the aim of bringing back littered plastics into the value chain giving them second life and creating value thank you so much for joining us today mr amit uh, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on our podcast thank you i think everybody is in awe of the amount of work that you have done uh, in this circular economy space you've been in the industry for more than t- uh, 20 years and i think uh, what we before we dive deeper into understanding the circular economy related to the beverage industry we would want to understand that how did the role of being uh, the head of sustainability at hindustan coca cola beverages come about what was your personal journey to this position so uh, it's like this i um, had done about uh, 20 years of my work in supply chain and uh, engineering and um, no a, a little bit of uh, procurement and stuff like that i have i'm a mechanical engineer from the uh, from the 90s actually 1990 and uh, uh, i had already done by that time uh, about 10 uh, 10 11 years of work with coca cola in all different functions of coca cola uh, my role in coca cola started as a factory manager uh, way back in 99 and then uh, i was the operations head for a region and then also i took up the role of a pnl head uh, general manager for a franchisee location uh, before moving on to the it space and rolling out the uh, it uh, erp for coca cola india and then even you know going uh, to do that for uh, southeast asia so i had kind of a holistic um, knowledge of how a company like coca operates especially in asia and uh, at that point in time there was a huge need uh, back in the uh, operations which is the hindustan coca beverages which is the uh, uh, feet on street uh, the bottling side of operations in safety and sustainability water was becoming a critical issue uh, at that time and uh, so was a uh, plastics to some extent and therefore uh, this uh, uh, this word sustainability came about to my ceo and he said that look uh, this is an area of uh, importance not only the risks inside the company 
which is the quality risk, the safety risk, and the environmental risk within the factories, but also the risks which are outside the geography, uh, but has to be managed from uh, from Coca-Cola. Those are the risks of uh, stakeholders uh, you know, uh, having a different understanding of the company and working towards the same. And that is what sustainability is all about. So I did not even know that there is something called chief sustainability officer, uh, which I was designated in way back in 2012. It was probably uh, the first time in India that a company had a CSO position, uh, which was given to me. So it, it has it has been a, an amazing journey till the point of uh, being a chief sustainability officer. But it was even more amazing after that uh, because the kind of uh, exposure the CSO position brought uh, me to, to, you know, for Coca-Cola specifically. Uh, it was amazing uh, also because it brought in all the uh, roles that I had done. Uh, it had I had to take out pick out the best of uh, uh, my responses and uh, in the choices that one has to make. Uh, within Coca-Cola system, so there were uh, it, it. It has been extremely satisfying, I would say, uh, to go out there, uh, not just within the uh, facilities, factories, or offices, but go out there and manage a set of stakeholders uh, in in sustainability. You know, looking at a larger picture, a long-term picture for companies' operations. Uh, within the country and within the geography. So, yeah, it, ha it has been a very, very good uh, journey for me. I mean, uh, very learning, uh, very, very uh, uh, experiential uh, stakeholder management kind of a journey. So, yeah, it's good. Uh, so you basically experienced all the roles across the entire supply chain, right? So that's quite amazing. But I think if, if you could uh, just maybe uh, get a glimpse of, let's say, one of the favorite uh, moments or one of your... Uh, the, the best moment as a CSO where you very felt that you created the most impact uh, and then for sure we'll dive into the uh, beverage industry. Sure, absolutely. So uh, I have uh, no, I have about 30 years of experience, uh, not 20, uh, 30 uh, years of experience in corporate world. So I'll give you an example of what uh, we did and this time it was very collaborative. So Coca-Cola and PepsiCo are always considered to be a fierce competition uh, characters in the field, uh, both in the market and off it. Uh, but we were both faced with a situation uh, sometime in 2013-2014 of uh, having our industry uh, becoming a red industry from pollution point of view. So this this was uh, there is a characteristics of uh, becoming a red industry from environment point of view, uh, which is uh, normally given to extreme chemical industries, very large uh, mining steel industries, uh, industries which are either taking out a lot of uh, material uh, from the ground, uh, extremely unsafe or having a lot of chemicals uh, within their composition. And uh, we were in Coca-Cola, uh, an industry which was actually doing zero liquid discharge. So basically, we were not even letting out our pollution outside our factories. So we were kind of um, astounded by that, uh, a little bit shocked, dumped. 
and uh, we started understanding why we have been uh, generally put in a red category so together we formed an association called indian beverage association uh, which had uh, the two biggest competitors coming together to solve this problem we sat down and understood uh, each of our factories uh, footprint in terms of environment uh, and uh, pollution and things of that nature and we compared it to uh, cement steel and other industries which are normally categorized as, as red industries and then we um, looked at the whole thing and presented it back to uh, pollution control boards the ministry of environment and forest and this was an arduous uh, task of you know meeting them again and again explaining them uh, the rationale of why we think we should be green rather than uh, red and there is an orange in between anyway yeah. so so at the end we are, we were able to get this thing out of our, uh, the red mark out of our uh, uh, kind of a report card and that was uh, to me the most satisfying uh, work in stakeholder management and uh, government relationship because the first time we were doing something at that level but also the first time we were working very closely with uh, competition on on something which is uh, close to our heart uh, the pollution and the environment because we think that uh, at least in coca cola there was a, a, a very very high standards of environment and safety so very satisfying uh, that that particular example uh, and it was almost a year of uh, hard work wow so i think uh, this is what sustainability all, all about right it's not about competition it's about collaborating because at the end of the day we are trying to save the same thing right our environment and providing the the environment that we got to our future generation so i think uh, this is quiet and uh, quite one of the best examples that anybody could have uh, you know ever hoped for from a cso so thank you so much for for sharing that um so maybe we should uh, talk a bit more about the beverage industry which is what the listeners are here for so see i think coke is a brand which is uh, ubiquitous i i mean from every single village across the earth to the the biggest of metros uh but but i think what people do not really understand is what it actually cost to the environment to get that one bottle of coke uh in in a retail shop right so what is the value chain associated with it and what is the footprint of those major steps maybe if you could talk about that briefly so that we understand the next time that we're going out to drink a bottle of coke or pepsi or whatever that this is the amount of footprint that's associated with it sure so uh, so a standard lca calculation life cycle analysis of a bottle of coke uh, uh, from the point of view of its ingredients all the way to transportation and making it available in the hands of a consumer uh, could entail a multiple uh commodities uh, and uh, and raw materials so let me uh, let me take up one example the example uh, of one product which is sugar so for producing sugar one has to you know uh, the farmer actually puts in a lot of water uh, into the uh, in, into the production of 1 kg of sugar it could 1 kg of sugar could take up maybe uh, more than 300 uh, liters of water to produce a kilogram of sugar now i'm saying not just the sugar cane uh, but from sugar cane to the factories and from uh, the consumption of water inside the factory to produce 1 kilogram of sugar and then uh, that sugar is uh, uh, coming into 
uh, our uh, factories and we are putting the sugar into the water and uh, then that is not the only water which we are using in the final product because there could be other water which is uh, used in the utilities in the in in uh, the wash cycles of uh, equipment as well as uh, additional water you use to wash the containers in and then the water goes all uh, then then a liter of uh, coca-cola goes in the hands of consumer so it's quite possible that to create one liter of coca-cola you're like in the life cycle of creating one liter of coca-cola which could have maybe let's say 20 grams or 15 grams or 10 grams of sugar if you add all the water which has been utilized uh, that could reach up to uh, 500,000 uh, no, depending on the SKU depending on the size so essentially the point is that there is a huge water footprint to create one bottle of coke uh, this is not the visible water which you see while the coke is being prepared but also the uh, the water which is built into the products when it is getting delivered into coke so like that there is there could be other items for example carbon uh, that uh, you know that worries uh, many of the sustainability practitioners how much of the how much uh, carbon dioxide uh, this uh, was generated while this bottle of coca-cola was produced so was it um, the transportation of the sugar uh, to the factory was it transportation of all the other materials to the factory to generate one bottle of coke and was it the transportation of uh, of the bottle of coke from the factory to in the hands of consumer and what about the all the employees who are traveling because of that the employee travel and their uh, no, the carbon dioxide which is getting released because of that, like the air travel, the, the uh, road travel of the employees and things of that nature, and the other carbon which is coming out of uh, the generators and the, the electricity consumption in the factory. So there could be a huge footprint on account of that as well, uh, the carbon, uh, carbon uh, footprint. So water footprint, carbon footprint, um, plastic footprint these are the footprints which uh, which any product uh, you know these these may not be just product which you can have a touch and feel but it could be also a google product so if you're doing a google ad search uh, or google search uh, there is a set of uh, servers at the back end uh, which could be you know bigger than factory in terms of consumption of electricity and it could be the travel of google employees all over the world uh, to create uh, that one search for you so every company when it uh, it it's, it exists and it, uh, it it's gives out a product or a service there is a built-in uh, carbon and a built-in water footprint attached to it and and therefore uh, no, it, it it will be not uh, unright to say it will not be wrong to say that each company uh, each businesses uh, actually make the earth more unsustainable because you are adding to the carbon footprint and adding to the water footprint so this is this is how uh, coca-cola is also but the question is how much can you mitigate and what are the effects that you're leaving behind which is negating the uh, carbon and negating the water footprint and things like that so let me you know close this uh, question with the answer uh, which is uh, let's say talking about water 
so in kokola in kokola india and the rest of the world there was a realization that we are producing uh, um, a product which is majorly water 95% or above is water we are just uh, you know flavoring it and adding carbon dioxide and creating you no know, functionality around the same uh, but uh, if we are drawing something which is uh, an equitable resource and a resource which is not really available in most parts of the world uh, so how do how are we conserving it how are we replenishing it so the target was taken sometime in 20 uh, 2009 worldwide that uh, coca cola will replenish all the water it consumes and much more so in india this was even bigger because uh, between the states there was uh, some states were in absolute uh, water levels were going down and therefore taking up ground water and especially when you are you know in a in a village scenario or you are amongst the other uh, citizens who are also using the same ground water it was becoming a, a serious challenge so two things what was done in kokola india one was that we decided to move away from ground water uh, and look at more perennial source uh, rivers and canals of for water and second was that we decided to replenish all the water that we consume so uh, we we had put uh, uh, a lot of uh, rain water harvesting structures to contain the rain water and put it into the ground so not just the factories had these structures but we actually created lakes and ponds and bunds and Uh, gully uh, stops for getting the water aggregated and then putting it back on ground so today uh, kokola can take pride and uh, and also it is it's avoiding a risk of of uh, uh, of stakeholders uh, you know telling back to kokola that you are uh, taking away more water because kokola is replenishing more than uh, one, more than 1 and 1/2 liters of water for every liter of water that they consume so so this is how this is how uh, you know a function of a large company is and that's why it remains large and sustainable there's so many insights in that answer this is uh, this is amazing uh, so i think three key insights from from what you just said right just to summarize it for the users and i think the most important reason i asked this question was uh, because of this this common notion that goes around right that it's just one plastic straw it's just one plastic bottle it's just one thing that i'm consuming why are you asking me to reduce on that there are millions of others of people who are doing the same thing and you can ask them but it's what they don't realize that each uh, object each material that they're talking about has its own life cycle assessment has like you said sourcing production transport in the the inherent consumption bit all of that contribute to the carbon footprint water footprint etc and we need to understand that uh it's not just, uh, just us the total amount of resources are distributed across uh, like you very well pointed out and we need to ensure that everybody has access to it uh, and that is why manage our consumption that is why sdg 12 i think is one of the most important sdgs uh, that 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 isn't talked about as much and the second thing that you pointed out which was very important is that uh, we are all creating this footprint because we want new things companies are going to produce things what are the steps you can take to mitigate that and i think that is why this podcast series where we talk about circular economy 
where we talk about uh, reducing both the consumption and the production um, to mitigate our footprint becomes very important. All these strategies taken by companies and the strategies that should be taken, uh, adopted in our daily lifestyles uh, are important uh, so that we reduce our footprint. Uh, so, so I think that brings me on to my next question that um, like you pointed out, right? So Coca-Cola has been at the helm of innovations. They're replen replenishing more than uh, a liter and a half per liter consumed, right? And they have their plant bottle technology. They've invested in the closed uh, loop fund. Uh, they have the Coca-Cola freestyle. The, the list of their uh, inventions are uh, is just endless. So I think what would be great is if you could shed some light on Coca-Cola's view on circular economy relating to, let's say, in-hand consumption uh, or because I, in other in beverage industries what i have seen is that in-hand consumption of the amount of plastics that we use consume etc lead to uh, contribute to the highest footprint so if if that's not true then maybe we could talk about the the aspect of the value chain which contributes the highest and then what what is coca-cola doing that to ensure that we move towards a more circular and sustainable future sure uh, so so um, about uh, 2012, when I became the CSO, uh, I, because of that position, I had uh, I had the chance of interacting with rest of the Coca-Cola world, all the other sustainability heads, and also travel a little bit uh, to you know, different parts of the world, especially to Europe and uh, to US, where uh, sustainability had already taken roots. So. Uh, Europe was leading and continues to lead on uh, some of the sustainability work that has happened. Uh, and even in plastics, this uh, thing was simmering. Um, the, the work that too much plastics has already you know, started being generated uh, in Europe and it goes going into the seas. Mm. So I, I realized that, uh, that while in India there is still collection of plastic bottles, uh, in Europe it, it takes an effort to uh, bring a plastic bottle back from the consumer and therefore there is a lot of uh, consumer promotion going on almost like 25 cents to a bottle one is able to uh, you know, put out and get that money uh, in the hands of consumer to return a plastic bottle so plastic was therefore becoming uh, a topic uh, of discussion uh, way back in 2012 and uh, with that, uh, I, when I came back and uh, started my exercise uh, in plastic sustainability, I realized that uh, there are things that we can do uh, within Coca-Cola India as well. Uh, what, what we have to realize, uh, this is just a pure data point, that uh, plastic bottles uh, of the beverage companies are the largest uh, polluters of plastics across the world. Uh, there are 500 billion pieces of plastics, uh, plastic packaging, as in beverage packaging, which is generated every year, much of which is not uh, recovered. So forget recycling when it is not even recovered in rest of the world, um, uh, which means that Europe has uh, about 37, 40% recovery for these plastic bottles. And uh, uh, US has probably even less than 20 so you have these amount of plastic bottles which are not even recovered and therefore if you're talking about great uh, pacific patch of plastics 
or any other uh, uh, landfill which is generate which has a lot of plastic has the, has a lot of coca-cola bottles because it is the number one producer of plastic bottles as it's the number one produce uh, beverage producer so out of uh, 500 billion 125 billion bottles of coca-cola is uh, is uh, has its own parts you can imagine it's a huge uh, percentage so coca-cola therefore uh, has i think has realized uh, that uh, they are the largest plastic bottle producers in the world as they are the last largest beverage producer in the world so like coca-cola every uh, many of these uh, leading companies whether it's pepsico uh, coke uh, unilever png nestle they've all taken uh, a pledge uh, in uh, 2018 um, that in in world in, no in front of other leaders in world economic forum that they will reuse a recycled uh, component in their uh, packaging and coca-cola has taken one step further which is uh, which is what they call uh, world without waste. So uh, they have taken a target of not only having a recycled component in their uh, uh, new plastic packaging, but also recovering every bottle of, of Coca-Cola from around the world in 2025, which means that they will go out uh, for looking for a Coca-Cola bottle which has been consumed. And you, you are now looking at about 125 billion such uh, bottles around the world to pull it back and put it into circular economy. Coca-Cola has itself already used this uh, uh, plastic bottles uh, very effectively in, in US and Europe, where the plastic bottles in US actually uh, comes back uh, bailed uh, compressed, bailed, and then reprocessed chemically as well as physically, so uh, to towards a recycling. So there is a technology which they use. So it's almost like melting those bottles and purifying them to uh, to create almost virgin quality uh, um, uh, resin to back to be used back in the plastic bottles again. Whereas in uh, in Germany and rest of Europe, there is a there's another uh, thing which is happening in addition to recycling uh, chemical and physical recycling is that the plastic bottles which are used in germany is much thicker so that it can be used almost like glass bottles so it can come back to to the plant walk it washed again and be reused so in both the examples um, the the idea is that uh, there will be a lot of uh, plastic bottles which will start coming back and I, uh, uh, Coca-Cola is my, you know, uh, organization that I, has, I have left. So I have a very high regard for it. That that is the only organization which has taken sustainability to a level where they have said that they will recover, uh, which is a more arduous task, more difficult task than just to recycle or use a recycle component. Plastics, of course, has a, a big role to play in in uh, in beverage uh, distribution. And that is the reason that beverage is growing because it, it is an attractive package. It is light. It, it has a lower carbon footprint to travel because glass is probably 20 times more heavier to carry the same amount of uh, liquid inside it. But yet uh, one has to have a circularity built in for companies so that uh, if, the, if the companies all together are able to not let 
this 500 billion plastic bottles goes go into the sea uh, into the oceans then we will not only have a circularity we will have a sustainable future those plastics heaps and bounds will not be just you know aggregating in the in the environment they will be actually dissipating and coming back into circular economy so i think that is a that is a way to go and that is something that i am uh, in pro india targeting at least for india for now uh, to build a circular economy for india for plastics wow uh, thank you for that because these are astonishing figures right when you're talking about 500 billion pieces of uh, plastic packaging and most of it not being recovered so but i think what you brought out is is one of the major notions that we are tackling across the board right as as circular economy entrepreneurs uh, that plastic isn't bad like you said it's it's light it's cheap it's durable right it's just that the entire supply chain is broken that they are not recovered they are not recycled and that's why they either get dumped into the landfills or get incinerated but i i'm i'm actually off all the initiatives that you talked about that coca cola is undertaking because they're actually going ahead and ensuring that it is reused collected and then brought back into the value chain so this is amazing for uh, from the circular economy point of view and i think this is the this is one of the best steps we could take to move towards a sustainable uh, economy but so i think so i think the next question that i have is is to understand that uh, what are the challenges that a company at the scale of coke right a fortune 100 company face when when they trying to implement such uh, such initiatives because you see in in this market which is somewhat of a duopoly right like you pointed out uh, where shareholders want higher dividends where uh, profits uh, there is no options for profits not increasing so are there times when these sustainability measures maybe take a back seat um, on the contrary i would say that sustainability is taking a front seat now uh, look at uh, unilever it has uh, decided to take away almost 10% of the skus off the shelf because it is plastic intensive uh, look at uh, dow jones yeah. sustainability index which rewards companies uh, and companies get rewarded uh, in the market by a higher valuation because they are more sustainable they have a longer view uh, look at some of the banks in not only in the rest of the world but also in india which have sustainability as their front end agenda and uh, the risk managers are looking for those um, uh, those Uh, products and those companies which uh, probably will be able to withstand the shock of a vuca world uh, in this vuca world you uh, can only see uh, such strong uh, responses sudden responses uh, and shifts in consumer preferences and the leaders uh, themselves being very radical in uh, in some views uh, including sustainability so uh, look at our own country uh, where uh, our prime minister had taken a decision to actually put a ban on single use plastics and uh, the whole industry was shaken uh, because uh, what what would you do without uh, a, a swiggy uh, container which is full, which is plastics when it has to come and deliver food at your doorstep and not at your doorstep but 42.5 million others in a month so you're talking about container the container top uh, uh, a 
a piece of a spoon and a fork which goes with it which means about close to about 200 million pieces of plastics and what will you do when you ban it uh, how will your food get delivered what will what is the option of a, a plastic straw or a strainer or a earbud or things like that i've been talking to some of these manufacturers of uh, plastic bags or plastic straws and some of the companies which are heavily uh, into plastics uh, like uh, for example png unilever and others which have sachets which has plastics so uh, if they are not thinking about sustainability they are going to simply perish uh, they the volumes are going to take a huge hit because uh, if those products of uh, which are packaged in plastics are uh, not allowed uh, which uh, which is a, a clear possibility then uh, what is the what is the existence of the organization itself so uh, i i see a very strong leadership uh, emerging on the back of sustainability uh, paul polman of unilever has been in the at the forefront of of it now that he is uh, no, retired um, but we have seen a, a very very strong leaders coming up and taking sustainability on the forefront and they think that sustainability is equal to uh, uh, is equal to longevity of of the company with the skus so i don't uh, i i have absolutely contrarian view on the same that uh, uh, in the in this times in in the rest of the world and especially in india uh, sustainability is the key thing to to differentiate not just differentiate your product from the the second person and able to market it but also to sustain your own uh, product lines and grow your own company uh, so i mean i can give more and more examples of it uh, of how company is able to sustain longer by while uh, looking at sustainability parameters and taking that as uh, into their stride rather than seeing that as an additional expense or work which uh, which will only you uh, know have to take a back seat in the times of difficult times when the economy is bad or when the whole uh, effort is on the profit and increasing the revenue of the company in in a, in a world where uh, we are not seeing double digit growths anymore including india and china so i can come up with more and more examples but i think uh, and i very strongly think that sustainability is in the forefront at this point in time very insightful and i think um, i mean the examples that you gave are of the biggest companies there are right so which have the like i think in the, one of the heaviest uh, carbon footprints and plastic footprints there is and i think uh, what you pointed out is 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 how uh, markets are evolving to incorporate sustainability so esg norms is one of them and i the, the reason i asked you that question is was to understand what kind of an importance do e, like esg norms do the sustainability measures that company like unilever coke etc are taking uh, how are they rewarded by the market so and uh, from what we are understanding from you that in the short term it might have a slight negative effect or or no positive effect but in the long term to sustain to be there in the business uh, uh, you have to you have to uh, take up sustainability measures because uh, market is rewarding it and the consumers are also becoming uh, aware of 
uh, these these footprints that that each and every product has on a daily basis. So I think very rightly said, we definitely need to adopt these sustainability practices to ensure that in the long term we don't perish. Thank you so much for joining us. This part of the two-part episode was filled with enriching information, wasn't it? The second part focuses on Amit talking about regulators' push for a sustainable environment, why he took a plunge from the corporate world and ventured into starting PRO India Recycling, and his message for all the budding entrepreneurs in the sustainable and circular space. We hope you keep listening.